0: We have this week some more John the Baptist. I have to tell you, I got so giddy. Pastor Lauren can speak to this. I was so rowdy about Pastor Lauren's sermon last week about John the Baptist because we kind of get two John the Baptist like passages in a row in Advent. And sometimes the second one can be a bit of a bummer because you just heard about it. But let me just say, I loved the talk about John the Baptist calling people out to the Jordan. I love the idea. That image that was brought up is one that I've really found to be so encouraging is that John the Baptist in this time of repentance is calling the people from the city, come back to the river, to where you're from, to where you came from, where the promise was first received of this land. Come back. Turn back. Be washed in this river. Start again. It's, mm, I love it. I love it. When Pastor Lauren was done, I was like, that was good. I liked that. Because I just love those stories of how many little nuggets are in there in scriptures about more than just the words being said, but the history attached to it, the stories attached to it. It's such a powerful thing. So last week we were talking about how um, in this season we're to prepare, that God is with us in our preparations. And to hear that story is reminding us with our eyes and hearts we're to be the people that God made us to be. God made us for this. This is where we started to be a people of peace, a people of hope. we to bless the world. How do we prepare for that? This week, similar story, John the Baptist. But it starts with something that we thought was really powerful, which was God being with us in the darkness. Because right at the beginning of this, when they describe John in this reading, what does it say? He came to testify to the light. But he was not, it says, the light, but he came to testify to the light. This was the light that was going to change the whole world. We have this benefit of knowing who he's talking about, this Jesus Christ, this light that will illuminate the world. And I love that John had this understanding that he wasn't the light. He came to testify to it. It's like he knew who he was and he knew who Jesus was. And his whole existence was about pointing to that. Really powerful. I think it's the deepest hope um, that all of us would be pointers to Jesus. I don't know if we'd articulate it that way, but especially in this season where we hang up lights, we're next to a big mall. (laughs) I don't guys notice there's a huge mall over there. Very (laughs) bright. Very bright. Uh, Great. We are this light here of what are we pointing to? What's this promise that Tells a story different from consumerism, that you're enough, that you're made in the image of God. You don't need to buy anything. In fact, come to this table. It's set for you. God has come for us. It's not about buying anything. The gifts of God are free, right? That's, what, that's a big part of our identity. Remind you of the light found here and the hope probably of previous leadership to now is that we would be people that point to that light all the time, in everything we do, comfort, heal, hope. We are not the light, but boy, howdy, does Good Shepherd have some stories about the light. That's what we're trying to do. I think the story is so compelling because it's a story of welcome and warmth. I think the story is one of joy, even, that a good news story can be found in our accompaniment, that when you're having a difficult time, a community can walk with you That when you're having a time of celebrating, there's a community who can celebrate with you. When you're feeling unsettled around matters of faith, there's a community who can walk with you in the midst of that. Accompany you along the journey. A better understanding and living out the faith you wrestle with. I love that idea that a community of faith is a light, a guide for people. I think the story of helping people finding deeper meaning is so powerful. I think the story of pointing to the light can be so transformative in the times in all of our lives where I think we could use eyes, like Hannah pointed out, that have that sort of night vision. That can see things even when it seems so dark. We can think of many things in our lives on the news. Areas of darkness, war, famine, violence. Poverty, ultra-poverty, but specifically for our social location, there are other darknesses as well, darknesses of shame, embarrassment, envy. There's the darkness of loneliness that a lot of people deal with, even in developed worlds, places that aren't experiencing specific, unique conflict. We experience that conflict within ourselves. Depression, what is that but a conflict with the truth that you are loved? I think a lot of people would struggle with their mental health and their physical health would much rather deal with such a pointed thing as real pain and suffering than this intangible struggle they're having. I know I can speak to how health problems can throw you through a loop and put you in a place of darkness. It was literally like less than a year ago, I had a big health crisis, well, about a little more than a year ago. Health crisis, I remember waking up on New Year's Day and... um. I had double vision. Came out of nowhere. I was just like... If I just like, rub my eyes enough, I'll figure this out. So I remember I took the trash out. I had a tough time going down the stairs. Um... And I just kept struggling with this, and it got worse and worse. I went to the doctor, the hospital, the emergency room. Luckily, it wasn't a stroke or anything, but they didn't know quite what it was. I went through a bunch of tests. Um, from that, then, like, balance got kind of worse. In the coming days, it actually didn't get better. It got, I got more clumsy. Thank God for Pastor Pat Badke, who was like, maybe you should take some time off. Because I'm an idiot, and I'm like, let's just get back to it. I'll figure it out. And she noticed how I was stumbling around, and she's like, baby, you just need to get better. And the doctor said the same thing. And you've heard the sermons probably of me saying I need to slow down. I just need to let myself heal. There was light all around me in what was a very dark moment. Thank God I had the church and staff of people who would say, You know, you need time to heal. You need to go to make this time to see doctors and caregivers. Thank God for that. But if you read my inspiration point this week in the email, I said, in the midst of that darkness, in the midst of frustration about my sight, about balance, I couldn't drive, I couldn't work, I couldn't do anything right. I was knocking everything over. It was really hard to see the light that was around me. Really hard to see how much... A community was praying for me. How much people supported me in the midst of that. Sometimes it's just hard to see the light. The story that we're telling helps us see that God is with us, though, even in the midst of darkness. I'll give you an example. Um, have you ever been in a situation where you've gone from a whole lot of light to no light at all? Very jarring. I will tell you a story. One time I was, uh, it was kind of a day like this, except it was storming. So it was a little darker. And I was like, this is a great opportunity. I'm stuck indoors. I'll do some laundry. So I'm in the basement and we have this section of our basement. kind of narrow, no windows, but the laundry is back there. And I have admittedly too much laundry in this basket. Um, so I'm like, work harder, not smarter is clearly what I'm going for. And uh, I'm I'm like narrowing through here. And the power blinks. It goes completely dark. And I'm like, oh, great, great, good. So I'm in my house. I should be able to navigate back to safety. But I know in doing that, I am absolutely going to bump into things. I'm going to stub my toe. I don't know if you notice. I'm kind of large. I'm going to run into some stuff. But I sat there for a second. I put the laundry down. I said, I'm just going to let my eyes adjust. Because we know if we take a moment in the darkness, it becomes a little bit more illuminated. In my rush, rush, rush attitude, I'm like, oh, you "Don't can't do laundry now, find something else to do. Um, all of a sudden, the, the laundry machine started taking shape. I actually saw the light bulb that wasn't on anymore. <laughs> I could see the walls, I could see where I was, and the reason I could see was there was light coming in from behind me turned around. I definitely navigated out of there without bumping into anything. So, okay. Anyways, I got out of, thank you, I heard a little bit. So, I got out of there, and it was funny, when I walk into the basement room that has the um, windows, it's like stepping into a room bathed in light. It was still a dark room, but to me, it looked so bright because in the darkness, that light became so much clearer. You think about that and what we're able to do as people of faith. Some people have excellent night vision, and I'll say they have the ability to see light all over. Maybe you're one of these people. Wouldn't it be excellent if we saw that ability as something to share with people who are struggling, who need help? navigating through the darkness. I would say I would have benefited greatly from that. From somebody to go, oh, don't worry. I've been down here in the dark for ages. My eyes are fully adjusted to this. That's what we have the ability to do. We have the ability to be people who can see in the dark and help guide people. As disciples, our job is the same as John the Baptist, which is to be folks with night vision, with the ability to point out the light that is coming into the world, the light that is Always there, never really going out. Our job is to be guided by that light and to guide others who cannot see it yet. To help those whose eyes haven't adjusted yet. To help people, remind them that there is good, that there is comfort, that there is healing. There is hope all around us. I know when looking back at my moment of darkness, I am incredibly grateful for the people who helped guide me in that time. They didn't tell me things were great in the midst of it. They didn't tell me that light actually is everywhere. What they did was they pointed to light. They were light. And that was more than enough. In the middle of it, before our eyes were adjusted, I couldn't hear folks tell me about light. I could Have people show me. And that was more than enough. But what I realized too is hearing this story and going back through scriptures all the time, it seems that darkness is critical to recognizing God's presence. God's presence is in more places than just the holly jolly moments. I love the aspect that in God's story. God routinely meets people in the darkness. The the covenant made with Abraham happens while Abraham is in a deep sleep in deep darkness. There's this covenant made. God is invited by this flaming pot that makes a covenant. We see this flaming pot in the darkness. Uh, Jacob wrestles with an angel who renames him Israel. When when does he wrestle with him? In the day. In the night, in the dark. Isaiah meets God in this mountain when he's hiding in the dark. God meets him. When Moses meets God, it's when he walks into this cloud that enshrouds him in deep, deep what? Darkness. That's right. That's right. Darkness. Darkness is where God shows up and speaks to them. God is always there in the darkness. It's in the darkness we see light so clearly with the shape of it, uh, a source of it. Uh, Dr. Kevin Seal, he loves uh, astronomy. If you ever get to talk about stars, he loves looking at stars. He says, what well, we all know, the stars are so bright when it's really dark. When it's really dark, you can see so many things. You can see the light in the dark. All that happens in the dark is That light then takes shape, takes form. We see where it comes from. We understand it. It's why probably in looking back at that time of darkness, I can see light everywhere. Because it's only in the darkness that we can see it so vividly. You're with us. You're a part of that journey. Darkness is part of the journey. God is with you. I know I've been saying light and dark as if um, there's some... By, uh, like a dichotomy of there are dark times and bright times. We all know even in the brightest times there are shadows. But if you hear one thing really clearly, know this. God is with you. You are not made to just sit in darkness. You are called to be navigators of it. As we wait for this holy family that navigates through the darkness, to this place, as we hear about shepherds navigating through the darkness following a light, a star. God is with us, even in our uncertainty, even if our stumbling, in our fumbling. And I will ask if God is with us in the midst of that, in the midst of all that, what do we have to fear? What do we have to fear if the one who formed the cosmos from a whisper is with us now? The answer is nothing. And for that, in this season especially, as we face perhaps the longest and darkest nights of the year. As we face these moments in life, we are able to be brave because God is with us even in the darkness for the sake of the world. Amen.